Hello, everyone. I'm Blaine Gilmer. Welcome to Southeastern 14, where we talk all things SEC daily coverage of the best conference in football here, the Southeastern Conference. And we're going to be talking about the Texas A&M Aggies today, the 2023 version of the Texas A&M Aggies. There is excitement in College Station. Yes, there has been some lofty goals over the last couple of years that have gone unmet but today we're going to be talking here on southeastern 14 about why texas a&m could be the sleeper team to win the sec west some people are going to immediately laugh and say hey what's going on here you got lsu that's on an upward tra trajectory after winning the league last year when they really weren't supposed to alabama is going to be a more physical more downhill uh more old school alabama type team this year what are you what are you thinking blaine when you're talking about this and it's just kind of been a slow build for me this offseason of examining these teams and really seeing, okay, there's more and more to like here about Texas A&M than really kind of meets, meets the eye on first glance. Of course, we all know that last year was a tough year. We all know with the, the App State loss and things of that nature. But you go back and look at it, and they should have never been ranked six going into the year last year that shouldn't have been the case they were way too young had way too many questions at key positions and my first reason as to why there should be a case for texas a m being the team to win the sec west is because there is that experience in the key positions they have Connor Wegman now who has games under his belt starting last year they didn't really know Yes, Max Johnson had played at LSU, but they didn't really they didn't really know who was going to end up being the quarterback. Johnson ended up being the starter after he took over for Haynes King last year, but then Connor Wegman ends up closing the season out and looked like that blue chip prospect that everybody knew he was when he came in. Now, having said that, I think that this year with Connor Wegman's going to be the the trigger man, of course. But I think they do have confidence in Max Johnson, and I think that plays into Texas A&M's benefit scheme-wise under Bobby Petrino. Listen, he came out in a press conference at that media day for Texas A&M for the team in fall camp and said, I'm, I'm calling the plays. Like, that. that's what's going to happen. And it's his job to make sure that he's doing what Jimbo Fisher wants done, but also he is going to add his expertise in there. And part of that is – being willing to run the quarterback a little bit more, uh, being able to add that element of it into the game plan. We saw Connor Wigman show that in the spring game. They, they showed a little bit of power read. They showed uh, some design run type stuff for the quarterback. And listen, we know it's a physical league in the SEC. So if you're going to be willing to run the quarterback like that, then you have to have a guy that you know can come in if something happens to the quarterback that you are going with first. And I think Max Johnson gives them the confidence to be able to do that if he indeed is the backup this year. They say it's a open competition right now in fall camp. I do think Connor Wigman wins the job, but his talent, his ability to – come in and play as a freshman, not turn the ball over. He played, started four games, not a single turnover 
for Connor Wegman. He valued the football, and that is important. And people don't realize as well on that offensive side of the ball, I know there's all this drama and talk between Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino and what the offense is going to look like. Those wide receiving weapons were very, very young last year, and the quarterback position was unsettled. Now with a settled quarterback position with a coordinator that uh, can take something off of Jimbo Fisher's plate and a wide receiving core that has grown up, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, Noah Thomas, and Anaya Smith may be the most underrated wide receiving core in the SEC. Uh, Moose Muhammad or Evan Stewart one should have been way up there, either either first or second team, all SEC considerations coming out of SEC media days. The media did not see it that way, but Evan Stewart is an absolute baller. He's a guy who who burst onto the scene uh, last year. The SEC knows him at, hey, he's the talent to be a true number one receiver. He's going to do great things in the NFL. Moose Muhammad, of course, has that NFL pedigree. He's a big guy. He can make contested catches be physical, uh, go up and high point the football, 6'1", 205. I really like this wide receiving core. And listen, Noah Thomas is a guy who actually was named the spring MVP for Texas A&M and did some really good things, building a strong rapport with Connor Wigman in the spring, listed at 6'6", 200 pounds. What a catch radius that is and a guy who can play that X position and be able to go up and get the football um in the red zones in particularly so noah thomas and then we know what anaya smith can do jimbo fisher has talked about him as kind of a swiss army knife type guy he can run the football you can use him in the slot he does so many different things and his leadership on that side of the ball and then damani richardson on the defensive side of the ball those two guys coming back provide a, a amount of leadership that can't be valued for texas a m you can't you can't put a value on it it is uh, so important to have those type of guys come back and be leaders in the program. Texas A&M got rid of some of the guys that were uh, a little bit of a culture issue this past offseason. Those guys went elsewhere. I think Jimbo now with Bobby Petrino at his side is going to be able to focus more on the culture of this Texas A&M program, make sure that you know as a head coach he's able to have more of those one-on-one -on -one conversations with these guys about, hey, here's what we expect. Here's what we're needing to do. Here's how we're going to accomplish this as the season goes forward. And that kind of leads me into the the defensive side of the ball, talking about, hey, we a lot of talk about Bobby Petrino and what he's able to do as a coordinator for offense. But another reason I have a lot of confidence in this Texas A&M team in 2023 is this is year two under DJ Durkin as defensive coordinator. Last year, all those young, talented players on defense were getting used to DJ Durkin's system, his terminology, uh, the way that he goes about practicing. Now with a full offseason under their belt, you talk about Walter Nolan was a freshman last year. LT Overton should have been a senior in high school last year, but he reclassified, became a freshman. He'll be a sophomore this year. Shamar Stewart will be a sophomore this year. Shamar Turner is a junior, so he's in year three in the program. And then they have the leadership of McKinley Jackson, of course, at nose tackle over there. Fidel Diggs, third year in the program. They have experience up front, and they have now experience in going into year two in DJ Durkin's system. DJ Durkin himself 
is coaching the linebacker position now for Texas A&M and getting back guys uh, in the middle like Chris Russell and Edron Cooper. Edron Cooper was huge coming back for Texas A&M, a redshirt junior, a guy that that you know could have could have went on, could have went on to the to the league and decided to come back. But six three, two hundred thirty pounds, uh, had over sixty tackles a year ago. DJ Durkin has talked a lot about communication, and it takes a while in this defense to learn how to communicate things from the front end all the way to the back in the style of the defense that they play. I think the 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 Experience on the back end, Damani Richardson, of course, at the strong safety position, Tyreek Chappelle at, at one corner, and then bringing in Tony Grimes from North Carolina, a talented corner who was highly coveted coming out of high school. He reclassified himself. So kind of he reclassified from his senior year, didn't even have his senior year of high school and went to North Carolina early. So he is just now kind of getting into that full grown man era of his football career in college he's been been in in college ball long enough now where you should really see that come to fruition of course Bryce Anderson we all know, we know how talented he is a sophomore now who was a freshman last year that that was just kind of learning college football so a lot of that really young talent kind of coming to maturity right here DJ Durkin coming into to his own from year one to year two expect to see a great jump particularly in that run defense with that front seven that Texas A&M has I think the the quarterback position is solidified and that wide receiving group and the tight end group I can't get out of here without mentioning tight end we know there's questions at running back we know that uh whether it's Amari Daniels Le'Veon Moss or Reuben Owens they think Reuben Owens is going to be a stud I expect him to play a lot this year and make some big plays but also don't overlook that tight end position. Donovan Green, Max Wright, and Jake Johnson may collectively be the best tight end group in the SEC outside of Athens, Georgia. Okay, we know what Brock Bowers, Oscar Depp, and Lawson Lucky are over there. Pierce Sperlin over there at Georgia. Georgia has become tight end you, but Texas A&M with the group that they have this year is, you look at all of it together. When you look at tight ends, uh, also, Fernando Garza, you can add him into that group as well. He made some great plays in the spring and is impressing so far in fall camp. But when you're talking about that tight end group and that wide receiving group, there's legitimate seven to eight guys that are big-time targets for Connor Wigman, even if it had to be uh, Max Johnson at some point, that can take the ball and just be efficient with it. and also not just be efficient with it. There's guys that can make people miss and create create plays after the catch as well. I really like the offensive line with the continuity coming back, what they're going to have there. Listen, if Texas A&M can keep the main thing the main thing and avoid just total distractions off the field and also play with a little bit more discipline, not shoot themselves in the foot. And I think uh, turnover-free ball from Connor Wigman is going to help that out a lot, uh, cutting down on some of the penalty yardage and then being able, better at stopping the run, which I think they will be under DJ Durkin. I think you could look up at the end of the year and see Texas A&M right there in the mix to win the SEC West. Look, for until October 14th, 
Texas A&M only has to leave the state of Texas one time, and that's to go to Miami. And I think they're a better program than Miami. So that means they get to play Auburn at home. They get to play Alabama at home. They get to play Arkansas in Jerry's world. They get to stay in the state of Texas for quite a while. So I think you, that the schedule is is beneficial there. They get a bye week uh, before they play South Carolina and then finish out with at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Abilene Christian, and then at LSU. I think it's a schedule that you couldn't ask for anything better when you're talking about as far as being in the SEC West with the experience, the growth of this team, the addition of Bobby Petrino, and also year two of DJ Durkin. I like Texas A&M a lot. Give me your comments here. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications here at Southeastern 14. We are going to be covering each and every SEC game, giving our predictions. There's going to be some betting tips that come along here on the site as well. Anything and everything, some, some reaction to recruiting, things of that nature, anything and everything you could want pertaining to SEC football, it's going to be here. Blake Lovell is going to have SEC basketball covered as we get closer to that season as well. So tell us your thoughts. Leave your comments. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will catch you guys next time to talk a little bit more SEC football right here on Southeastern 14. 